0: next african story will be written by africans meet the people
1: using technology innovation and entrepreneurship to craft this new narrative this is building the future podcast with your host dotin coming up today
0: on building the future
1: we didn't have any haha moment <laughs> we faced the problem that we had to solve we started with donation like 20k per person per month um so we, how long were you donating that so we did that for about five months we had to buy a generator then it was called a better passmate in my neighbor. We fold it every day, we run through like meetings, like you know, brainstorm meetings that even at the end of the time we're like ding. <laughs> as much as we knew that it was a um, very early business, we still thought that it was going to be very easy for us to monetize and hit profitability in uh, you know, I think six months, but it never happens that way in reality. Uh, even to now, we're still not profitable.
0: This series is in partnership with the British Council in Nigeria. The British Council is the UK's international organization for cultural relations and educational opportunities. All opinions expressed by me and the podcast guests are solely ours and does not reflect the opinion or policies of the British Council. For more information about the British Council, go to britishcouncil.org.ng. One of the things we do at Starter is growth consulting. We work with a select number of growth stage startups and established companies to grow and retain their customers. We do growth. We're not a digital marketing agency. Instead, we help our clients figure out their customer acquisition and retention by focusing on three major things. We help them build a consistent narrative and community around their core offers. Second, we help them build a scalable, repeatable, and cost-effective systems and strategies. And lastly, most importantly, we help them build an in-house team that we execute the strategies further. We've worked with and still working with companies like Flutterwave, Cranium One, Diawala, Omar Gardens, JEE Client Services, Amara Suite, and many others. We're a small team of startup entrepreneurs, investors, product designers, and growth marketers with experiences of building and scaling our own products and companies. To work with you, we'll have to determine if there's a fit and if we can significantly make a difference to your growth trajectory within a short time. If your business is currently making money, at least $10,000 per month, and you want to scale to the next level, let's have a chat. Go to wedogrowth.co and book a free strategy session with us. That is W-E-D-O-G-R-O-W-T-H-D. Dot we do growth.co and book a free strategy session with us today. My guest today is Fikayo Ogundikwe, CEO and co-founder at tolet.com.ng. Tolet is an online real estate portal that makes it easy for people to discover, rent and buy real estate property in Nigeria. Fikayo started the company with three of his university friends in 2013. Since then, they facilitated over $10 million in transaction value and have over 20,000 property listings on the platform. They've raised over $1.5 million from investors such as Frontier Digital Ventures and Spark Accelerator. I've reached out to Fikayo to come to this show to talk about how they started and his view on the future of the market he's building into. So Fikayo, welcome to Building the Future.
1: Thank you. Uh
0: It's a pleasure to meet you actually. Same as well. Because the business you are building is one of those critical business. People need to find a place to live. I don't know whether you have the statistics here or top of your head what is the percentage of people that are renting houses in nigeria or uh, what is what is the stats say
1: okay well typically nigeria is a very unique environment where because of the fundamental problems around housing pretty much like mortgages which is non-existent, you see most people, I'll tell you maybe from the federal government, I think they say something around 80%, but I think it's about 95% or people that do rent houses than the, you know, people that actually do buy houses. So I think that's a problem. 95%. Generally. By the trends that we see on our platform from like a search perspective, yes, it's the highest at 95%.
0: So only about 5% of people in Nigeria kind of
1: own their house. So no, actually. So from a transaction standpoint, that's why we see 95%, 5%. I think from like a um holding standpoint is a lot more. I think we can see a lot more people do have houses that they do stay. In. But from like a transactional standpoint, it's a very different, right? You see more people trying to um, rent a house and buy a house. And I think from the way we've seen that pattern in the last four years, spin has about 95%, like 5% transaction.
0: Right. So in terms of yes. the volume of activity that happens yeah, in,
1: absolutely. In, in the property space.
0: So that leads me to uh, the core question I wanted to start with is what led you to this? What was the aha moment for you
1: to get into the platform like to okay Okay. Um, well, we didn't have any aha moment. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so we started doing this in 2011, if I can recall well. For us, it wasn't experiential. It wasn't like uh, we we faced the problem that we had to solve it. It was more like we're looking at the space and looking exactly what could we really do in this space. Who are the we? So myself, um, I have three other co-founders apart from myself. We're all grads of OU. I had a background in engineering. Apart yes, from me, I all yes, university. exactly. One had a uh, background in um, law, while the other one had background in estate um, management. The CTO was my classmates. So you studied doubly, um, yes,
0: electrical, yes. electrical Yes, Electronics.
1: electrical Electronics engineering. So yes. you
0: were a uh, classmates and you and your... Cosmate and your friend and two other guys who are just together? Are you in a club or were you flatmates or were you just uh, well, of friends that were thinking about solving problems
1: using well, technology? We pretty much were like um, roommates. Myself and Slimon were like, you know, we've gone way back. Um, Slimon used to be my junior in, in secondary school. We met in IFA. He happened to be my, my roommate as well. I was on top of myself. Um, so we are there for, you know, five years. We ran a couple of businesses together at a field. Some succeeded. On the campus? On campus, yes. Um, what were what those businesses? Salomon was one. We ran a business where we would sell like computer parts, right? Flash drives, um, CDs, etc. Those days, these businesses were really good businesses. So they're, like margin businesses, we had to buy um, a couple of things in Ikeja, um, take them out to school, sell them for profit. You know, then, you know, it was really um, interesting business. So we made some money, right? Well, for Darkport, we tried to have a PlayStation business where people play games. You have
0: a PlayStation in your room?
1: <laughs> no, no, so it was in lobby of the um, one of, of the hostels. Yes, so uh, you know it was fast moving, right? Guys want to play game.
0: So you have a TV we, there.
1: Yes, the, exactly. So but, but later on, Dapper tried to do something in laundry. Myself and two other of my friends, who happened not to be my co-founders, invest in this business. This was while we went doing our youth service, that's NYC.
0: Oh, so post university, you yes. started doing some other businesses as well.
1: Um, no, actually I I just invested in that post business. So I so was So you had more, some liquidity, you had some cash to put into So, so what I mean invested, I'm not using that word loosely. <laughs> so um we invested I think about um two hundred thousand a for myself and total of. My, no that's my a friend, pretty yeah. small money for someone so who just did,
0: graduated from the university to put
1: So yeah then so NYC was paint was like nineteen five I had a really good job when I, mean, I was in my NYC so all the salary was poor for like four months. I'm mean, investing um this guy's business. Even the business went um, you know, toast yeah, after yeah. like, you know, three months. But it was a very, you know, interesting phase for us to really understand someone's business at a very early stage.
0: Let's pause. Let's yes. click a few things there. So while you're at the university, yes. you and a couple of your friends, Sulaiman, yes. right, and Wu. Um and Dampo, Apple, yes. And used Start a couple of businesses. Yes. So you spot some gaps in on the campus. Absolutely. And yes, you say, right. okay, oh, people want to play PlayStation. It's very hard for them to have it. They don't own it. Yes. And they talk about it a lot. So why don't we just get this lobby, yes. pay somebody. So with? for
1: the PlayStation business, we didn't actually float it. We just had very long conversations trying to have the business.
0: Oh, you didn't yes. do we that? No,
1: we did not but do that. But you were
0: talking about yes. it. So the ones that you did was, okay, um, we we're in Lagos, we can buy. Exactly. Us computer stuff and we sell yeah, it at referrals, Yes, and people can call us and tell us what it was yes. and then we can buy it and they sell it
1: exactly so we had like posters around like you know um, different hostels on campus people call us to actually um, pick up the items in which you're selling so it was pretty much so
0: good. you and these friends of yours are entrepreneurial in your thinking
1: yeah absolutely yes we were
0: so you can see advantage and then you want to yes, go absolutely. for it and that led you to after the university yes. when one of you decided to do a laundry business
1: yes spoke to you and say, hey where
0: was he doing it
1: it was, a- it was like five kilometers um off campus there were other laundry businesses at school but was trying to build like the best experience for you know um laundry as a student and equally as a lecturer but you know a, a couple of missteps there but um they thought there was that you know he had to do this thing from ground and you know we saw that what he was doing was awesome and we felt that we didn't just put some more capital for him to kind of expand the business into more students perhaps other schools but that just didn't work out
0: yeah and I think that's very interesting because the reason why I'm dwelling on this is a lot of good businesses that have happened in the last maybe 10 or 15 years yeah. in terms of tech some of them have roots in dormitory they call them dorm startups oh, so yeah. dorms <laughs> or yeah. startups that started in garage yeah. because there's something that university gives you the opportunity to do experiment because you know if you fail the experiment in terms of entrepreneur you're not, yeah. you're not losing your house Abs-
1: absolutely screwed, yes. you,
0: you just <laughs> and what you gain from stepping out to do that is more than what you likely lose.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because right. at the
0: end of the day you lose your money. Yes. But you will gain tons of experience and sure. what I call entrepreneurial muscle because you have exercised it.
1: Yes, yes. You
0: able to go out there and pull your roll dice and do something with something and then you fail and then you learn. so is that what happened to you
1: uh yeah so really uh, you know myself i'd always had this you know entrepreneurial spirit in myself but um i think it was a function of how hard i wanted to you know explore I never thought for once that I would be running to let on this very grand level. We wanted to do something always different from like what our parents were doing and you know, getting a job. You know, Slemo, for example, was my running mate for ideas. It was like, it would be the guy to first throw my idea into the garbage. I we did it for ourselves, you know, a couple of times. We had a couple of, you know, ideas we wanted to do, but it just happened to be that the guys that run Jobberman, that's Okpa Oyemi, Lee Konlody and, um, Ayo, they happened to be, um, grads of eFair were the same set so we pretty much saw what they were doing with jobs at that point in time like you two- were the same set as them oh yes and they
0: started job at my wife from the university they
1: started yes they started like that, part 4 part 5 if I get that story correct yes. and then it was growing um, yeah it was While growing at the university yes we heard stories of them growing Um, so that's what even drawed us more into like hey there's something probably happening on the internet right so we thought that which part of you know, the internet has all been touched then we look at e-commerce as well but it was looking a lot more complicated than we could do was so, this
0: after the dry cleaning business oh, well oh, yes out.
1: this was about the same time right so it was like during our nyc this is like 2011 so i think Okwe had done something in jubberman or 2009 10 thereabouts anyway we, we, you know we saw some very you know vain things for example you saw that they had two cars you know it was branded jubberman I we saw a couple of priority bosses, you know having their ads i'm like these guys are doing great so, like, if these guys can't do it, we could do it, right? So, we just thought, okay, now, which business could we do, you know, at that level? We are thinking of real estate, you know. At first, we thought it could not work. We thought it was too early. Um Agents who never post their listings online, right? Like, at that point in time, there was nobody doing that stuff. Like, it was, like, it was a very land, Apart from um, a site called um Tailfish then, not OLX, you know, they were, like, doing things on jobs, um, you know, things on dresses, things on, like, you know, like, the whole night for were classifieds. So there were the guys that were just there but we just felt that you know at that point in time nobody would think of trying to get a house by going online. Then it was jobs because jobs were like more of a default right? There was like a already conventional film of like people trying to get jobs online. So I think for jobs it was a lot more easier for people to think of online you know as a second option to get a job than trying to go through papers or going trying on the streets. So for us we, we just felt that we were trying to go too early but we did a couple of researches right? We did researches around like the UK market more predominantly which is like um, Zuplar and um, Rightmove.
0: And, and Zoopla was just doing that as at that well, point in time yes
1: super was like you know was early on they okay. bought a couple of businesses and we were like oh man this is like they have very you know so, uh, right move for example ipo'd in um i think 2000 and um i think i can't remember the it was again but um they had like really good numbers right
0: what, what ipo'd which company
1: um right right move right move in yes. the uk yes so um all their numbers were public we saw how many agents they have they saw how much revenue they're making it you know was deep so we saw that okay now nigeria is a really good market Publishing was about maybe one fifty million people there about. We thought that if at this point there was nobody trying to do this, we could do it. Although while we're trying to, you know, still put our papers together, put our processes together, we saw um a company called PrivateProperty.com you know launch. Property. Private Privateproperty.com. Private yes. yes. So like so oh. when you say you're
0: putting your paper still. Yes. Let's pause a bit and talk yes. about how you ideated this. Um you saw a couple of guys doing while well on the internet. Yes, sir. And you are an entrepreneur before you would have just done businesses as well. It's okay. It's because I'm making money on the internet. We should do it. Right? Yes. And they say, which part of the internet has not been touched that we can do, that we can work on? And you decide to say, okay, it's going to be property. And then you study that and you see how big the market could be. Yes. And what next to do, do dude, when you say you're putting your papers together. Yep. Was it that you wanted to then register the company or you wanted to design a website or mark up your product?
1: Okay. So first off, we were like rookies doing this thing, especially like a business that was internet, you know, focused. It was very nascent then, right? So there was no like approach to how do you start. And um, so what we did was um, we had a couple of meetings to like, hey, what are we trying to do? And we started um, putting up papers together, pretty much processes that could lead to how people will search on the website. Everything was all focused on trying to build a site. Um, at that point in time, we were just myself and Suleiman. Then afterwards, we brought in um Shay, which was a CTO, which he felt, you know, could actually get this thing going. So, and we brought in that, but we had like a real estate angle to what we we're trying to build. So when you said a website, right?
0: Uh, because I've had this experience before when I started my first business. I didn't yes. know the
1: difference between the back end and the
0: front end. <laughs> I just you know the website does stuff. Yes. And uh, did you have that same challenge or do you have some tech people in your team that understand that, okay, this website which we should you have a firm on the back end and you yes. should be able to collect information and be able to display that in real time and other stuff. Did you have somebody yes, to we did.
1: So architect like, your, pro, yes, exactly. your product? Yes, exactly. So like I said, like we're pretty fortunate to have Shay join us very early on. And he's one of the founders. Yes, he is. So he was able to you know, understand like that concept of of okay now this is what we're trying to build right um, even though it would explain to us like a billion times what we're trying to build even though we didn't understand exactly how come it took him that much time to build what's on the build
0: uh, but it because was to you know, it's just like a website, yeah,
1: yeah you know <laughs> my dad to so this doesn't understand exactly how come it takes like you know five, seven developers to build what we're trying to build like it's like it's no insight <laughs> so yeah you know at that point in time even though I had like a tech background I had the same um, you know concern to how easy it was to kind of like you know put some codes together and just have the site up it took us like six months there about to to have the first version of our site up
0: and this is where a lot of product fail uh, because if you don't have that tech capability within yes. your team you would have just outsourced uh, it to somebody yes which and is always a problem and then how long yes. it's gonna take and overestimated the importance of your product versus what, what that person will do and then the person might actually request to get your job
1: absolutely on the
0: price and then it will take longer and then there'll be a lot of problem and it take like two years and it, even yes. then nothing will happen.
1: So, again, like I said, I think we were pretty fortunate to have Shay early on, to have that CTO um, perspective into the business. If you had gone another route, um oftentimes, you know, you try to give a talk party person to kind of build your side. Um There's, you know, like the financial loss is there because you're going back and forth on the iteration of the site. You get billed. And you need to put in mind that, you know, this business, for example, we started with about roughly... um Donations are like 20K per person per month. For um, so
0: how long were you donating that? Uh,
1: so we had that on paper, you know, we had it on paper, but we decided donating that somewhere around I think February 2012. So we did that for about um, roughly um, five months.
0: So most of you are not working full time on the business?
1: Two of us were working full time on the business, while two others were having like day jobs and um, day jobs like NYC jobs. Um, Someone we went to the UK for a while, so join us later on. So And, they,
0: and everybody was contributing 2000? Yes. Twenty thousand. Twenty thousand era yes. a month yes. to cover the cost of the people that are working full time or to
1: cover we, the basic. We, we cost. were just the ones running the business full time. So there are things like hosting fees we had to pay or uh, the like operational money because we thought that we needed the space. We thought. So we got the space. Um but we didn't pay for the space because it was um, one of our co-founders that I gave us a space, very small space in the kitchen, just a table. And we had to buy a generator, then it was called a Better Pass In My Neighbor, a very small one, I think about fifty thousand era. Then we would fold it every day. We run through like meetings, like you know, brainstorm meetings that you even I don't understand what right doing then, but <laughs> it was a couple of meetings, right? Just trying to like um figure out exactly what we're trying to build. So uh, it was just like, you know, at me cost that way we we're trying to burn the money on.
0: So we, we got to that place where you say you're putting your papers together and yeah. then somebody else launched something yes. similar. What happened?
1: So at at that point it was like um we had two thoughts it was okay now this means that yes there's something here uh because they came big this is a product that was already in south africa was doing well and they saw that there was a need for them to launch in the Nigerian market so we saw that yes i think these guys mean that there's there's something here right on the other hand we're like these guys came big well from our perspective and we're thinking will these guys win before we even try to do anything you know i think that just even drove us more to try to build what we had to build as far as possible
0: did you have one of those um, business plan or business expectation that says we're going to be profitable in 3 years or 2
1: oh, years oh my god okay <laughs> okay as much as you knew that it was a um, very early business we still thought that it was going to be very easy for us to monetize and hit profitability in uh, you know i think 6 months
0: it just changed some numbers <laughs> on the spreadsheet yeah, right just, yeah, 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 exactly. yeah we're It's always going to be deceiver, profitable right
1: <laughs> because you just keep having like 5% growth you know on a week on a big basis but it never happens that way in reality uh, even to now we not profitable, so I'll say that anywhere. So, but that's because we're trying to, you know, really invest in like in, in key areas in which we're going to use to build this um business for a very long um, time.
0: Yeah, I'm going to ask you yeah. some n- questions about the numbers.
1: So, want- in terms of that, we always thought that we were profitable, you know, early on. But it just the difference between a I will call a normal business and a startup is that you know you have to keep uh, investing in core areas because the idea of startups is you can always you know build and scale really fast. And when you mean scale, you you know you know it could be argued or interpreted in other ways but it just means that you're trying to build at something really fast and that takes a lot of capital to build yeah,
0: yeah. so when you started then you have these people that came in a little bit validated the market for you but yes. then they scared you so what did you do next did you then accelerate to your launch or did you find out who because there are a few things that could happen you could say okay yeah these people are listing on their website we'll yeah. go to those people because yeah. they are easy conversion
1: okay yeah so basically when it came to um early competitors right we didn't we had a very healthy um, approach to, to this it wasn't more of um, hey we're scared and we have to go back to um, doing the, what we are doing before or do something else it was more of like oh yeah you know we had this very competitive spirit like, you know even though we didn't have the hassle of capital but we we thought that we could always do things cheaper and more effective than the other person that kind of kept on you know going and we had a lot more drive to get results in more efficient ways you know because of the time frame wasn't there and that led us to trying to like even having our Deck early on, speaking to people. Um, The more people right now in the market trying to value what we're trying to do, we are like young people, we have a very great plan have a better interface you have more agent more VCs. you know all, all those things were there for us to um use and we thought that we were very local because um we thought that we understood the space more than anybody else did um we still have that thought um now uh five years running you know and these guys were from south africa this is from other parts they would not really understand exactly how to like locally play what we're trying to play so you know we just thought that we had all the advantages apart from capital at that point in time and so we just thought that and we knew early on that it wasn't always about capital to build and to win um we still think that now it takes a lot to win in the market like nigeria for example and all that all together just just kept us going
0: so what was the business model when you started
1: so we started by trying to be a classified market where agents who pay a very small fee to be on the platform even though when we ran on i've seen
0: people that are rent that let yes houses. A, like
1: pretty much agents
0: so they have inventory yes, of houses that they are they have, to people. They have yeah exactly it was too. it primarily rent when you started or was it so you we started with everything. a brand
1: name called Estate Node, right? Estate Estate Node Estate no. um, So it was pretty much like you know everything, like the owner So the idea was that you know we would tell agents to pay us a fee a month just to be on the platform. For all that period, we were, we were running free because it was agents were not going to pay us any money because it was like a very new idea. We had to even beg them to put this on your, our platform because they were used to
0: newspaper and all the They're rest. Used to,
1: for, even not newspapers for like the super big agents. For like the normal agents, was just uh, more of like water mouth, and it was more of like them putting like a very small board in front of their shops right. that they had like two-bedroom flats to rent or 3 right. flats to rent. So you
0: convincing those people to give you the supply, then yes. you have to then go and get the demand. Absolutely How are yes. you driving the demand at the early
1: stage? That's a very great question. <laughs> so at that point in time, we basically were using two hacks. We did something. I wouldn't say yeah, <laughs> that right. um. Because it's a hack. It's a free hack. i can not get give it for free. <laughs> so we have this um, way where we're able to get a lot of emails from our friends and family. They're a lot more emails from other sources. And we use that to kind of bootstrap like um, the demand point of view. Couple of the fact that we're trying to equally age on the Google search, which was like, oh, it was a very tiny volume we're, you know, way back compared to what we have right now. So people that will search for those keywords, 2.5 for rent in Kedger, Lucky Access would always find us there as uh, a go-to. And we equally used um, um, emails as well to boot- strapped to quite a couple of um people that thought that we had what we had
0: yeah so that's why you were able to get
1: the yes so that's how we got the initial demand without mm-hmm. having to spend so much money on marketing
0: were you hyper local when you started were you so, okay we're going to focus on lagos or even a so that we can drive demand there and then get the agent to be excited because they're getting a lot of demand rather than spreading to thin and the agent don't get anything and
1: they just okay so don't. truth be told like we've transformed quite a while like over the last four years but we set up been um all across nigeria from the world go even though in you know the market always detect exactly what's going to happen so we had a bulk of our listings over you know 99 of those listings in, in lagos and the agents were all in lagos so we didn't have any you know idea to like you know let's kind of focus on lagos we just launched out to the entire market and we saw exactly how the market reacted to the platform that we built
0: and then you said concentrating on the ones that you're getting the best
1: not entirely um so that happened for a very short while we did that for like six months, thereabouts, from like an active platform down to February, you know, pretty much. Uh, so we moved to a um, platform like FoxSense in UK, where, um, which we got the name to let, which was going to be like a new phenomenon for people. So that was a service focused for just strictly Lagosians. You're trying to rent a house, right? Let's, Try and be more the more efficient agents uh, because we realized that agents were very inefficient around like timing or trying to negotiate around what you tried, what you had, and just like paperwork was you know just lengthy. So let's just kind of keep everything simple. We had like very sophisticated agents. That was the idea of us to build.
0: Oh, so it moved yeah. from um, so it was
1: directory. Be, it moved from a classified business to a commissions model. Right. right? So we just pretty much just um, go around meeting landlords, meeting agents as well, trying to get the listings on our website. And you call us. We had a call center. A very big call center. You call. We map it to a couple of agents which were hired by us, and they so you, you became online agents. Yes, we, we became mm-hmm. online agents, more like foxes in UK, and um, pretty much like foxes. You know, foxes in UK. Yeah, the, the guys the new coopers. They're, they're like big high in London, street agents. Uh, yeah, yes. they're
0: quite big in London. More than because yes. I, I don't live in London, so we're oh. quite big in London. Okay, um, but. They're traditional agents and they started using technology to optimize. So you started, because initially you had the idea of Zoopla as an operator. Zoopla aggregates everything. It's a classified place where agents can list their uh um, inventory correct you started that way and you realized yes. that the market is not going to react to you well
1: through so that. like the reason why we started that was because of um, strictly viability as a business so we felt that the commission model was uh it was hard to monetize because it was hard for us to get the demand that he needed at that point in time to create value for them
0: for the, for the, the agents gens.
1: for the agents so agents needed to see a lot of value from us
0: for them to pay, for them to pay money, right? So,
1: and that was like pretty hard because we didn't have a lot of, um, you know, demand or a lot of business on site. So, we're like, okay, now for the ones that we have, let's try and monetize on that traffic. So, we decided to take our traffic, make it a call center. Once you're on to list you saw our numbers, you called us, and we try and arrange an inspection. And we try to give you our sophisticated agent, which would, um, try to get you a place. Are these agents faster.
0: employed by you or the normal agent that they were you are working on? They're
1: like BS rats that would employ you too.
0: What is the reaction to the agent? to you because basically you're competing against Correct. them yeah. so at, so what was at, that at what that, was the at, reaction at, at that
1: point in time we are small um, we're not that big to make them get scared but a couple of them understood exactly where we were trying to get to which was going to be for us to disrupt them and um, but for the, the while in which we ran that model it was um, strictly just for viability reasons because um, for you to run the, the classified model you need a lot of capital to to push that so we felt that we could run very well limited this model and still at the same point in time still drive traction so, and this model gave us that very early traction to let move so fast in about one year that it moved, I mean, last, you know, three months. Just because we were just focused on rental, we got listings by ourselves. We had like, you know, cameras, we have very sharp listings and agents just giving us like very shabby pictures. It's like 2013. So people started debating the platform, okay, now this is a platform called to let's just go there and they have listings for you. So from that, what of Matter, they're going out, is to let's, you know, and we just kept on getting a lot more emails and people started, you know, growing from there. For that phase, it was really awesome because we we're able to run lean because we're generating a lot of income
0: because you are. Because, an agent. Exactly,
1: yeah. So we use that, you know, as more like a launchpad for what we are right now to get to where we're trying to get to.
0: So um, I know that Jumia House, or they used to call it. Lamudi. Lamudi. Yes. They were running subscription model. Yes, they were. Because, and then the argument that it, when I was integrating this was that uh, the agents are not going to give you commission because the transaction takes place outside the platform and it's very hard for you. Correct. Yes. To get that value because then they, they've got the money already. Yeah. But with you, you said you're going to have a closed system. Yes. We are the agents. Yes. We are just online. Absolutely. And we don't need an agent to work with us. Yes. So you took a different Approach. Approach. Yes. And does that work out for you in terms of how?
1: So like I said, right, um we've been very transformative with our business. And I think we've been always been realistic about, you know, what we can actually get. And I think we're always trying to like be proactive with the way we kind of build. At every um time frame, there's a thought around what we do and how we do it. So at that point in time, um, we let, let's run lean and let's try and build, right? And still have that platform, right? Um, we knew that, it, you know, by going this route, we would lose out on the sales market. It was rental, you know, a lot of agents would think that, oh, you want to disrupt them. Some are like, Hey, talk about you. But we thought that at that point in time, people just wanted to just get listens, just call. So they didn't really care much about exactly how the operational, um, stuff was done. So we did it for a while and, you know, we started hitting bricks when we were trying to scale that model, right? right? Yes. So, so, um, you know, you want to scale. You want to be able to do 10x, you know, on a very short time space. Um, because that's when you're trying to really solve a big problem. You know, we're just in Lagos and we're just in a couple of places in Lagos. Um, like the Lekki area, Ikeja, Magadar, Srilari, Yaba. Uh, we're not just like just in every area because it was kind of like the economics of our agents were not right around like certain areas from like a commission standpoint. So, um, you know, and that's Lagos. How much more the other 35 states that we had. So it was hard for us to kind of like scale. So, um, at that point in time, we started asking ourselves the right questions. Like, how do we kind of scale this business? So, you know, we moved to another platform um, where we didn't have to hire our agents, but we had to just use, like, the agents that already existed in the platform. Okay so all that tech we built for our agents, we were able to kind of like push that tech to the current agents that were there and kind of like skill. So, um, but with that is what you said already, which is like trust factor, right? So it was because we did not control the money. It was literally hard for us. We had problems around like, you know, detection of deals, commission collection. There were just really, uh, hard areas for us to kind of like figure out, but you know, we had other ways in which we're trying to figure out, but at scale, it was a problem. So if you're doing like, you know, a hundred transactions a day, when you want to add in a thousand, what happens? Like what, What's, what's our loss? So, you know, we started thinking of, you know, how can we make this, you know? And at the same time, we were very sensitive to what users would think about our platform. So we just didn't want to serve just the Lagos area, even though we wanted to run profitable or run lean or, you know, or still stay in business. So we wanted to serve everybody, you know, we wanted to serve the young man down there in Cano or the guy in Kaduna he wants to find something around him to buy or to rent. So we started thinking you know, big picture type stuff. Um how do we get these lists across and still at the same time we still stay very lean. So we had to go back to the model in which we started off early on, which is like the classifieds model. Interesting. Yes, which we
0: So you went full circle because you because exactly you need to scale.
1: Yes. So, but this time around, we're doing the capital, so it's different. So, um we were able to, you know, when you're doing through the capital, you can do more experiments around certain things. So, we had to raise some capital in 2016 from um, some Singaporean um, investors. So, before
0: we, then, yeah. you raised money from someone else.
1: Oh yes. So, 2013, we were to let we raised money from Spark, Spark is an incubator that was launched in 2013, which incubated to let drinks to NG, hotels to NG, and a couple of other um, businesses. So, um, and that was run by. Uh, Jason and that was run by Jason, and Bastin, yes. Um, so four, you oh, came
0: yes. into the incubator program and they so we we're, were
1: the first batch of um, the people, they okay? they batch.
0: patches, so yes, it was a cohort, like, yes. And how much did you raise?
1: So then we raised in two uh rounds, the first one was But the other one was about um, roughly another one, I think $200,000 thereabouts approximately. Everything. So everything from Spark was about $250,000 approximately. So initially
0: they give you $50,000 and office space and support. Yes. Yes. But not a program. You're not going through a program
1: Oh, so Spark was a little bit different Like the general incubator. It was more of like a hands-off approach, right? It wasn't more of like a regular incubator. So we had all the control that, we, you know, we should have and be able to like, you know, on our own think of like ways in which we're going to build our different businesses. But the environment was really rich because we had like, you know, uh, other entrepreneurs there. So we'd exchange um, ideas on like, what's working in yours, what's not working in mine. So it was really good. So we didn't have to waste um, so much capital trying to do something that didn't work for him or work for that. It was a very um, rich knowledge house, which we used for a while. Very well. One year
0: after, and how quickly did you then raise the next capital from that? Is, was it? Uh- it
1: was quick. So I think they were just trying to see the kind of entrepreneurs that we were I think I know <laughs> because um sometimes some you know you could make mistakes in investment choices so um but they saw that we were we were just hungry guys <laughs> we were just hungry guys we were just anything we build. because at that point in time we are trying to raise um a lot less capital from like Nigerian investors we didn't then at, the, at that point in time I think a dollar was I think a dollar to an hour was about 160 wow. so that was about about eight million about. so we were trying to raise about I think about 4-5 million thereabouts from investors so when we got 50 like wow man we are gonna destroy this. We are going to you know
0: and you thought that would be your last check?
1: What do you think was gonna be our last but we thought that was sufficient for us to build whatever we were gonna build early like okay. on.
0: Um and does that enable every member of the founding team to then work on this full time?
1: Oh, oh yes. So even before oh. that, we all working full time. Uh, before then, we were we that, we all working full time. You knew that
0: contributing build. twenty thousand euro every month.
1: Yeah, and no, at some point, that money dried up. We couldn't keep up after like you know four months. It was. So how are you? Hmm. Continue the business. Different things that I can't say on air uh, right now. <laughs> <laughs> different, different ways uh, different strategies to use you know at times in which we we'll just try like you know cut costs like rather than take a boss you track you know rather than you pay for a boss you be like you just take a face and like oh I forgot my money there are, there are all sorts of things you kind of use just to get to the office Um, you borrow some money just to like just to stay in there at some point we had this staff that before we we'd even need to hire you know I would struggle to pay so at some, at some point you know there's some f- just to show that we hired somebody, oh yes, you had a first hire. Let's let's hire some. Oh, even though know, we didn't need the present. So you know, um but this is a very interesting period. Uh,
0: How many staffs have we got now uh, in terms of your team size?
1: No, I think like about seventy plus people. So you raised two hundred. So we raised fifty after. about we raised two fifty thousand early on, we raised one point two million from Frontier exactly.
0: So before uh, this investor, the last I'm gonna talk about your last investment. Okay. Before they came in the your only external investor you had was Spark. 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 Yes. Okay. And you, you were trying to raise more money but you couldn't
1: or oh, we tried to raise money for a while so, money. so um yes, which again, which well, from an investment standpoint, right? People are always kinda of worry about trying to invest around huge capital operations, right? When everything around the operation is like is human capital driven, right? This um if you got what I mean so we were in a model where you know we had to hire people and everything around monetizing was around people. Right? People had to go collect commissions. So and if once trying to try skill do things in very big bounds, like it's hard for you to do that because there's a lot more that would go into you trying to skill when a lot of people will be involved in the of the and business. And that's what well, I
0: suppose yes. this is the biggest risk in business, which is yes.
1: people. Yes, absolutely. Yes, so, but now from this people talk, it was not really about the quality. It was more of about, um, the quantity of people that you, that just, um, had to be there just for you to monetize. It was a very large force. And for you to grow big, you had to employ a lot more people to be more areas to like, you know, serve, respect you. So
0: that was the thinking then before yes. everybody now understood that internet business does not really have to just be linked, 20 Correct. people building stuff. So. Correct. Uber was not your traditional internet business. Uber depends on a lot of people being signed up on the platform.
1: Yes, but those people were not Employed. Yes. Okay. So you were employing people directly. Exactly. Okay.
0: Right, but having said that
1: at, at, at the same at the same point as well, um, it could be when people are tied to the revenue, which is like the key thing, right, of your livelihood. It's always better when you know money is generated or capital is generated when you know people are out there, it's just like automated. When it's automated, is but when there has to be the human capital out there trying to do things, it becomes a problem, right? It's like it's like a red flag for an investor. Yeah. So for a while we're trying to raise money on that model but because it was hard. It was hard for investors to really get locked in on that model, especially when it was like you know, some African. African um, investors, you know, one, two years experience in running the business, straight out of school. Um, you know, it, it was pretty tough, right? So we had to um do uh, a couple of, you know, transformation first oh. to get where we got it.
0: So did you at some point run out of the initial capital that you got from?
1: Um, oh, yeah yeah, 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 we did. We did. The 50k ran out so fast. <laughs> the out, you know, that was used a lot more slowly than the first one was. Uh, but at some point, we did run out. We were running it very, you know, at some point, we we're profitable. We ran a very lean, you know, operation. So right.
0: So then, it was after then that you got it. We got the one capital. million. Yes. So this new capital was one investor or two?
1: It was just one investor. One investor. Oh yes, just one. Came investor.
0: in and said, "We're going to write the whole check." Come again? One investor came in and said, oh yes. "We're going to write the whole yes. check." it's pretty unique.
1: So they did because one, they They're are quite are,
0: bullish on the opportunity.
1: A couple of reasons. Yeah. So like they did that because one, they um they saw the potential in the people running the business. So these were not just regular investors, they were investors that had an understanding of exactly how classified, you know, ran on a global perspective. So they had an idea of exactly what you kind of needed from a capital standpoint to kind of build the business. And they knew that, you know, this opportunity was there for them to take it. So why allow somebody else to come and take from that part when they could take? everything for themselves how did you get to meet them so frontier was an email um they was sent an email. you email yes it was an email we didn't reach out to the frontier they did reach out to us um but before then reach out to like 50 investors so <laughs> like we didn't even look at them right so but they were looking at you know what we we're trying to build so it was easy for us
0: yeah and then they came to meet you and then, yes, you know, like what they're saying and then yes so writing news recently that you bought um, junior, junior house, house. Yes. Whoa. Tell me about that.
1: So right now, as you're aware, I think we're moving to a new platform called Property Pro. Um, We're doing that because of a couple of reasons. One, for a very long time, we ran to let's and we were just rental sites. So from the name as well, people will think that you're just a a rental site. And so we're moving to a much more bigger business and bigger opportunity um, from a Pan-African perspective, from a national perspective. We thought that there was a need for us to capture the entire real estate, you know, value chain and that had to do with sales a very big part of sales and we knew that a lot of like agents big agents you know who want to do a sale because that's like the biggest part of their businesses so we had you, to like you don't
0: have a- agents you know, don't, yes. you, you don't have the main house anymore we are working yes. with agents now
1: we are for a very you know healthy agent ecosystem we're not trying to just do anymore so our uh, jimmy house you know for the last four years yeah, i built a very good portfolio of like sales so we were looking for with
0: sales you mean selling the house S-
1: Selling, yes so i, I I use the word rental and sell. Sale. So okay. sales mean um, you're trying to buy a house, so you're looking for a platform to use. So Jimmy House, formerly called Lamudi, had built this, you know, very good platform that we thought that, you know, was going to be a very good addition to what we're trying to do to serve the greater community of uh, users. Both ways, agents and equal users trying to consume the platform. So that was pretty much like the concept of us actually purchasing the assets for Jimmy House.
0: How did you know they were trying to sell?
1: Well, that was on a very high level. Uh, but sometimes, if you're very keen to the you'd always know certain movements are about to happen and you try and jump into these opportunities. So this transaction was done majorly from um, our current investors, Frontier Digital Ventures. They're very active globally. So they had like very private information to this um, transaction. I think we're very um, quick on trying to jump on it.
0: They spoke to you and say, hey, would you be interested in buying oh, instead
1: if yes. we can put it together? Yes. So
0: was that sale out of the money that you raised or was that sale done
1: separately? So um, it was done separately. So it wasn't out of your...
0: So I'm trying to understand how much did you buy Jumia House for?
1: Oh, well, <laughs> you know, I wouldn't have said that <laughs> for um, so many reasons. We are keeping that sale transaction private, even though, you know, um, Frontier, for example, is a public listed company in Australia. Some numbers are out there you can use to gauge exactly how much it was bought for, but you know, you never give a right um, number to exactly. How so much let me just
0: bought. get the picture here. So was it all cash?
1: Again, um, we don't want to put out the exact um, details of exactly how that transaction went through, but I will tell you that it was. Um, cash was involved um, cash was involved um, and a couple of other things
0: okay so Words. let me just so, say okay assume that a lot of cash was involved so you raised 1.2 from your investor from Chase yes. Capital and then they said this sales is good you should buy it for strategic reasons then they put yes. up more money it means that they've invested more than 1.2 million um, yes because they're going to get some equity again from this new stuff that is coming to you if correct if you're not okay so in a way correct so that means you diluted more but you you raise, actually no we're not diluted
1: more you're not diluted more yes so If we keep pressing, you (laughs) understand dynamics.
0: So they created a new class of shares for this new investment because it's look at it like okay they put up let's say okay for argument's sake they bought junior house for one million okay so that that one million the cost time and everything is now added to your own so it's treated like an investment
1: uh, so, so well there was no dilation from a founder standpoint um, <laughs> there was not Um but I will tell you that part of the um, transaction was was cash based uh, a bulk of it was cash based and it was a win-win for both parties right a win-win for ourselves win-win for junior house as well so
0: did you get all the existing assets and the oh, yes, existing indeed. people that
1: are working with them? So, right now, so it was pretty much like um, it was more of assets than human capital. You know, we're still in the very fine details of trying to see if we're going to get a couple of capital from the workforce or not.
0: So, there are people still working on a junior house? Now. Right now, no. Okay, not. you let all of them go. You just yes. got all the assets and everything. Yes. So, I think the key question is how has that changed your business?
1: Okay. So for us, it's huge, right? So, um, because one, Jimmy is a global brand name. Patrick Nigeria has built a very reputable business, um, to an extent. And, you know, that for us is a lot of validation of exactly what we're trying to build. Um, so like I said, these were part of the things that we put into consideration for this purchase. And we were just trying to look at providing a very deep um, service for Nigerians trying to enjoy the real estate service so um, we have a couple of things lined up for 2018 for example I think we'll get see them as we roll them out in the next couple of quarters and uh, our vision is pretty simple think of trying to do anything related online think of us as a brand Property Pro you are trying to rent, buy or sell think of one platform called Property Pro so we just do everything for you as simple as possible so that, that like, increases your chances of being able to do that effectively yes, abso- because absolutely. we now have more because yes set. we have more inventory We've got more house and options for people. It's just about um, inventory when Eventually comes. To
0: so risk. is it safe to assume that you are number one in the in the market in terms of market um, share? Okay, yes. Energy, so uh, I well, mind.
1: I try not to say we are number one <laughs> because it's a very long race. You know, from a metric standpoint, yes. With this consolidation, we're going to be number one um, by miles. From an inventory standpoint, visit um, agents. As number one.
0: What's your revenue like?
1: It's pretty decent.
0: What is decent?
1: Decent means this. Decent, <laughs> decent means I actually cannot say my revenues actually on it right now.
0: Okay, so can you? Guess but like our
1: revenues are growing about uh forty times year on year. Uh, I'll tell you that for a fact.
0: Forty times or forty percent?
1: Um, forty times.
0: So two thousand sixteen, you are forty times what you made.
1: Yes, that's a forty percent. I'm sorry, year, and year on year growth. Forty percent.
0: Okay, yeah, because forty times that is not ballistic. Nuts. You oh, are 40%. really on fire. <laughs> I'm so sorry. N- nobody can touch you if you're forty <laughs> times. Nobody. You shouldn't be. Billion dollar business you know? yeah. that's exponential growth on steroids. Opf- right
1: hopefully, we get there soon.
0: No, that that's great. So, uh, I really like where you started as a friend and stuff, but I really want to delve into the dynamics of your founders. So, the founders is you, the guys that started, are stay the same. The four of you, you're still the same people, still as founders.
1: Yes, I'm the CEO. Suleiman is a CBO uh, or CBO uh, business officer. What is that? Um, so anything that has to do with like business development, product development, actually, you know, is done by Suleiman as a CFO as well while that runs anything operation you know um, while she's our CTO
0: and four of you have been friends for a long time so yeah, the dynamics so has been
1: 2003, like way back.
0: right that, that's quite good so how did you decide who's going to be the CEO who's going to be the CBO and the
1: rest how do I, I really I can't remember exactly how I became CEO <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I, you know, um, at that point in time, I, I, I was, like, out of um, the three other guys, I had held um, positions that they felt, from their perspective, put me in that position to actually lead them. While I was a squad I, I had a couple of positions which I led, and, you know, there were really good moments. And they felt that, hey, to lead this team, I think if you guys are the right to lead the team. I'm a very tricky person because I can be very, you know, funny. <laughs> And, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, I think the girl can actually do the job. He has a stability when it comes to, like, um, relationship, being diplomatic, having to see, you know, very far, knowing exactly when to strike, you know, when this is the business opportunity, knowing exactly when to strike, you know, there's a friendship opportunity. Yeah. How to put a balance was actually exactly what they felt that like, you know, I was the, the right person to do the job.
0: That's quite good. So let's spend the last few minutes to talk about the future. Yes. How do you see this market, especially with regards to transaction? We can take it from the macro level, transaction online. Yeah things that are not naturally uh, done online, transaction online, and then your own specific markets. What are the key things that would change, that would significantly and fundamentally change this market, both in terms of expanding it or killing some things that people are doing now?
1: Okay, well, um, I think from my own perspective, I think just generally just like internet businesses, I think deeply that the economy is going to play a very huge and pivotal role um, in the way People just consume um, internet businesses. I think that's an economic dysfunctionality, you know, right now. Investors, for example, are always very, they think that when we have that population of like what, 80 million people, internet users about 80, 90 million. So you guys should be doing some really decent numbers. But in reality, that's reflective of exactly what happens like really online. So it feels like a really large opportunity for like, you know, businesses, but that's what happens. And the ways in which the NCC actually pick up the data for like internet users, right? They're like, you know, featured phones, smartphones, and all that. I think from a from economic standpoint i when the government can do certain things for example uh, more investment in education as a whole uh, more investment in infrastructure good road um, power more importantly I think that's going to really have a very huge impact on our businesses to be honest and uh, be e-commerce being classified to be like you know edtech people from fintech fintech could you know apply setting these functionalities in certain areas but I think for other businesses I think that's going to play a very huge role I like the way um smartphones are breaking barriers in this country to be honest that's really helped our business. For example, we are like, about 70% mobile that we see. Before then, so it was not that. Like, it was almost non-existent. So, that has really helped to shape, you know, the opportunities for our business. And I like the way it's growing. Smartphones are getting cheaper. If not like the fact that we had a couple of FX fluctuations in the last year. Uh, Smartphones are really cheap to get. And that's going to really impact in all, you know, businesses because you can always like leapfrog certain things that you have to do. So that's why guys in fintech, for example, can see a very, you know, huge boom to what they're doing from that perspective. Uh, anything mobile driven can be very explosive. So I think if, um, economically we keep going, you know, better to what people assume us to be as an emerging market
0: and it's terms of the spending power, yes, access to exactly, the, you know, technology, access everything, to education, is going,
1: is going to, quality it's of going, life is going to have a very exponential effect to how these businesses actually have been built.
0: How do you see the future in terms of... I think you mentioned that a lot about how uh, internet is going to change things. But how do you see... Uh, that's one way. It's like, okay, economy is going to help people to spend more and then help businesses. But how do you see in the other way around where technology... What impact will they have on the way of life? And what are the key trends that will actually change that?
1: Okay, so I'll speak for Nigeria, for example, right? Uh, so I think tech in many ways would change um, Nigeria. It already has change Nigeria from a educational standpoint. People are more informed these days than they used to be four or five years ago. From a political standpoint, for example, information is so fast. Can get exposed so fast. So you can't get away to selling things, you know, which by default is going to be reactionary developments, you know. So I think that's good. And as well, I think the way in which we go about setting operations, for example. So let's, for example, it's a good example, right? Um, you wanted to get a house, you had to you drive around a couple of areas, speak to a couple of agents, waste that more time um where you could do a lot more constructive things with your time, you know, to let just on your smartphone, on your laptop, pull up and say exactly what's your area that's gonna save you a lot of time. So I think. Um, all these businesses combined together would move a much more productive workforce a much more productive environment for people and
0: create efficiency yes, Where? where
1: this so you, you kind of like you know waste all the time you know you can actually translate that to like you know making people's lives better from you know if you look at what you're doing in farming for example you know getting seeds to farm more efficiently um, using the right seeds spending less money on you know money and all that kind of so tech is going to do a lot of things for countries or markets like ours right and I think we're very appreciative of that but I think we can actually get a lot more and like I said earlier, if the economy as well would kind of like you know just layer that resource and that capital to make that you know Nigeria is, is huge and awesome, right? We have the human capital and it's there. For example, uh, we're just talking about that in my office where they were saying in the U.S., for example, Nigerians are the most educated force when it comes to just immigrants. So that, that that says a lot. So when you keep having a lot of people leave your country and trying to build on another country, that's a problem, right? You're having like a very huge break, drain. So you want to make sure you're keeping, you know, as much as you can keep in this country, trying to build and trying to, to innovate uh, on things that we can do. So once, yeah. you know, the government start, you know, putting all these things um, together, there's going to be a very great and massive inequality in, in, in the country. So I'm a pro-Nigerian guy. Um, Even though I have one leg outside, like, you know. (laughs) What do you mean, one leg outside? I have, like, just in case.
0: (laughs) You have a leg outside? You have a passport somewhere?
1: No, I don't. You know, that's just a joke part of it. (laughs) I don't actually. (laughs) But you're you're heavily invested in this. Oh, yes, I am. I'm I'm very optimistic of exactly where Nigeria can get to in the next, you know, five, seven years. I think that with the right leadership, I think we're going to get there. Even if you don't have the right leadership, I think um, there's the part the um, entrepreneurs would play. In trying to get us there faster than we wouldn't have gotten if the government failed us. Yeah. So I'm very optimistic about them. That's quite good in Nigeria.
0: We're going to end this podcast by me giving you some fire and question, just statement, and I just need your quick answer. Yeah. To them. Ready? Sure. What is your biggest business pain point?
1: I would say um, human capital.
0: What do you mean by that?
1: Human capital from the point of view of like how much capital we have to give out. (laughs) Because I think... um, I
0: money you have to pay people? Yes,
1: because I think Nigeria is... Not
0: the recruitment of the best
1: talent? Nigeria is a place where the best people are sucked up by the people that have most capital we don't have a lot of good default people that can just pick you up and i want you to start to take some good roles um you know you have to train them for a while and you know you need a lot of capital to get that done for small businesses it's a lot harder i believe in other you know market it's a lot more easier because i think they have better eyes, right but you coming from a very um, little educational um, process so i think for small businesses in general and i think we've had this conversation on other entrepreneurs capital can be a problem if you're small in this country if you're bigger and more capital, yes, you know, you could get a lot of things done for us to so hire more people push people um, that are really good don't waste time just push them and just get what we have to do my capital for me is a problem yeah. yeah
0: what is your number one growth metric what do you measure to indicate whether your business is growing
1: so there's something we call customer life and value in our business so I think that's like the most important metric for us on a very granular level that we used to know exactly how well we're doing does the
0: customer pay you when they rent a place
1: Um, no they don't pay us when they rent so a place. you're just agent to facilitate yeah, the so deal so it moves exactly around the agents
0: how would Fibre disrupt your business. So a fiber is a platform that enables yes, to connect yeah.
1: month by month. Sure, yes. Yeah. So um fiber is a business that requires a lot of I think capital and a lot of like education, right? So around that. So, and it's a business that would deal a lot with places that they have a lot of supply. So, um, in areas like in the Lekki area is going to work well, should work well and equally as well because, um, a lot of apartments are overpriced and I think the best way to kind of like monetize them now is to make them monthly rental versions. In other areas where you have a lot more demand, which is A.K. Mr. Lagos, a lot of demand is there. It's hard to kind of structures kind of deals because there's already a culture of people paying for their rent from yearly perspective and everybody's trying to pay that landlord to get a house now so it's like fastest fingers right
0: so, so there are more yes demand so and supply exa-
1: exactly as a country we have a I i think 22 million housing deficit this is huge for a city like lagos for example about 20 million people plus we don't have enough houses right so it's just when you see houses not taken is a function of pricing. So, so you can you see price that beyond s- what exactly. It be. So you see that a lot on the island, like pretty much just the lecky area, right? So it doesn't get down to agile. But the lecky area, ecoi, more importantly, that's where you'd see, you know, a platform like Fiber will thrive or any business trying to do something from a monthly perspective. So I could bring another capital down to like, you know, in piecemeal, where I could think I could afford it.
0: You're not trying to do something similar to fiber.
1: Let's see how it goes. Okay. Let's see how it goes. Time uh, will yeah, tell.
0: Yeah. So which book are you reading at the moment?
1: Good question. So right now I'm reading two books. Um, <laughs> I'm about to get married. Where? So Congratulations. I'm, reading, I'm reading a book on marriage right now. That's so good. that's not for this. The other book which I'm reading right now is a book by Peter Tell which is Zero to One. Um, I tried to read it last year but I couldn't finish. I'm trying to finish the book this month. Right? So, but it's a very interesting book. Um, yeah, I think it I would recommend that for almost all entrepreneurs So yeah, yeah, it's build good. something you know, big. Yeah, it's quite good. Yeah, it's good.
0: good. Which business is getting you excited at the moment apart from
1: your own business? I think I like Paystock. I like Paystock and I like Flutterweb as well. Um, those two businesses are very, you know, unique businesses and I think there's a lot of opportunities that could, could happen from those two businesses. Yeah, great.
0: So Fikayo yeah. is being called having you're this podcast. Thank, Thank you, you for coming. I, hope I you it. as well.
1: I did, I did, I did. That's great. Thank you so much. Thank
0: you. This series is in partnership with the British Council in Nigeria. The British Council is the UK's international organization for cultural relations and educational opportunities. All opinions expressed by me and the podcast guests are solely ours and does not reflect the opinion or policies of the British Council. For more information about the British Council, go to British One of the things we do at Starter is growth consulting. We work with a select number of growth stage startups and established companies to grow and retain their customers. We do growth. We're not a digital marketing agency. Instead, we help our clients figure out their customer acquisition and retention by focusing on three major things. We help them build a consistent narrative and community around their core offers. Second, we help them build a scalable, repeatable, and cost-effective systems and strategies. And lastly, most importantly, we help them build an in-house team that we execute the strategies for them. We've worked with and still working with companies like Flutterwave, Cranium One, Diawalo, Omar Gardens, JEE Client Services, Amara Suite, and many others. We're a small team of startup entrepreneurs, investors, product designers and growth marketers with experiences of building and scaling our own products and companies. To work with you, we'll have to determine if there's a fit and if we can significantly make a difference to your growth trajectory within a short time. If your business is currently making money, at least $10,000 per month and you want to scale to the next level, let's have a chat, go to wedogrowth.co and book a free strategy session with us. That is w-e-d-o-g-r-o-w-t-h.co, growth.co and book a free strategy session with us today. Do you have an offer, a product, service, or message that will be ideal for entrepreneurs, investors, or corporate executives across Africa? Building the future podcast can help you. This podcast has been sponsored by partners who want to reach super targeted audience of investors, entrepreneurs, and people who are in the process of starting their own business. If you or your company is interested in reaching those audience through this podcast, we would like to chat with you. We have sponsorship slots from three episodes up to one year. Send me an email via helloatthestarter.com. That is h e. L-L-O-R-T-H-E-S-T-A-R-T-A.com and we can take this further.
1: You've been listening to Building the Future podcast by Dalton. These are the interviews with entrepreneurs that are playing a key part in shaping the African future and you'll be able to hear all their stories. For more, sign up for the weekly newsletter at thestarter.com. Our revolution will be televised
0: S-T-A-R-T-A dot com and sign up for our newsletter. It will be a huge favor to me and it's really simple and easy. If you subscribe now, it will help us a lot. Thanks.